0: And so today we're going to talk about that, about what happens when we praise, about the power of praise and singing. But before we do that, I'd like to invite you to bow your heads with me as we ask God's direction for this moment. Let's pray. Father, we are so thankful that you brought us here safely this morning, that you allowed us to be here in, in spite of the challenges and difficulties we may have had, each one of us in your in our own different spheres uh, during the week but Lord we are so thankful that we are here today and that we have freedom to worship your name and to praise you and to sing praises to you and to open up your word and study it and as we do this at this point as we open up scripture and as we proclaim the truths that we find in it we ask Lord that you may use me as your instrument I ask you, Lord, that you may cleanse me from, many, uh, from my unrighteousness, that you may cleanse me, Lord, from any, any failure or sin, that you may, Lord, allow me to speak boldly of the truths we find in the Word. And I also ask for every worshiper here this morning, that we may open up our hearts to receive this message, and that the message will find a special place in our hearts and minds. Bless each family represented here, and may your Holy Spirit be felt in our midst, May every destruction be put aside, and may we be able to focus on your word. We ask you in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 And so the scripture today, I'm glad to be reunited with my preaching Bible, which I had left here a couple of weeks ago, and, and I forgot to look it up to look for it uh, at prayer meeting. But the text that Giovanni read this morning relates to uh, an event. Uh, during the time of King Jehoshaphat and the people of Israel. King Jehoshaphat was a good king. You know, the, there were certainly more evil kings than good things in the kingdom of Israel. And in Judah, in the southern kingdom, it was not uh, too different. But there were some, a few more good kings, a few more kings who were committed to following the direction of the Lord. And this one king here, Jehoshaphat, he was a good king. He was one who walked in the ways of the Lord and was willing to do what the Lord told him to do. As his father, King Asa, had done. And so here we find the Ammonites and the Moabites and the Munites coming to uh, to, uh, fight against the people of Israel right there in Jerusalem. The people of Judah. And they are coming, they are approaching, they are preparing to besiege the city. And King Jehoshaphat was preoccupied. He was concerned and he was uh, afraid. He was scared of what was going to happen. And because he was so afraid, because he didn't have any solution, he didn't see any way out. The one thing he could do, he did, which was to pray to the Lord, to cry out to the Lord and ask the Lord that he would provide. And ask the Lord that he would provide deliverance. Oh Lord you have brought us out of Egypt. You have established your people. You have established the kingdom. Will you now let us perish? Won't you now do something to protect us. To save us. And he cried out to the Lord. And then. While he was talking to the people. Someone stood up. Moved by the Holy Spirit. And this person stood up and prophesied. Saying you have no reason to fear. You have no reason to fear. Tomorrow, when the battle starts to rage, you go out there and have no fear because it is the Lord's battle. And the Lord is going to fight this battle for you. So there is no reason for you to fear. And after that, Jehoshaphat, he bows down, he prays a little more, and the people follow him. And then he stands and says, So you believe God? If you believe God and if you believe his prophets like the one who just stood up here and spoke you have no reason to fear. And so that's where we find the text that was read in 2nd Chronicles chapter 20 verses 20 to 22. Let's go back go back there with me. As Jehoshaphat is talking to the people right after he prayed once again and the people prayed with him and so he turns to the people And he says, there is no reason in verse 17 actually for you to fear. Believe God and believe his prophets. And then the time, the moment of truth is approaching. This is the day before battle. And they are preparing and they know that the, the, the moment of truth is coming. And on the following day they rise early, the Bible says in verse 20. Now there are many situations in life. And you may have been... Uh, may have found yourself in situations like that. Situations that shape up to be what you look as if it is a breaking point. And uh, things unexpected may happen. Or you're looking at the outcome of certain events and you say, this is not going to end well. And I don't see any way out. It is, it's going to be a breaking point in my life but on many occasions and we see this in the bible and i'm i pray that you have already seen this in your own life because i've seen this in my life what shapes up to be a breaking point what appears to be a breaking point in life actually turns out to be a turning point where we see god's hand and where we see god's blessing and this is what happened here this is what is happening right here they are listening to god's prophet saying there is no reason to fear Tomorrow you go there and it's the Lord's battle. But the night comes and I'm not sure how many of them were able to have a good night of sleep knowing that the enemy is approaching. And the next day is, ra- is rising, the sun is rising. And then the Bible says in verse 20, 21 and 22 that they rose early in the morning. Second Chronicles 20, 20 to 22. And they rose early in the morning and went out into the wilderness of Tekoa. And as they went out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, O Judah and you inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God and you shall be established. Believe in the Lord your God and you shall be established. Believe whom? Believe His? Prophets. And you shall prosper. And when he had consulted with the people, he appointed those who should sing to the Lord and who should praise the beauty of holiness as they went out before the army and were saying, Praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. Now, when they began to sing and to praise, so let me go back here. What did they start to do? They began to sing and praise. So when they began to sing and to praise. The Lord set ambushes against the people of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir. Who had come against Judah. And they were all defeated. They were destroyed. They were routed. And so I want to call your attention to this. This is one of the... uh, examples i'm going to show to you today in scripture of things that looked as if they were going to be a breaking point and then the lord intervened and he turned things in a way that deliverance was found and this is what happened here but there is something key to what i'm trying to show you this morning and this is right at the top of verse 22 verse 22 says that when they began to sing and to praise now the lord is faithful the lord is true the lord is always willing to answer your prayers if you need help you ask the lord and he will give you he may not give things to you that maybe are not really necessary for your growth spiritually speaking but whenever you are in need Whenever you have a spiritual need. Or whenever the name of the Lord is being challenged. And His name has to be vindicated for the glory of His own name. Whenever you ask for help, the Lord will intervene. The Lord will answer. But the Lord has chosen to answer in this particular case. Right at the time, exactly at the time when they began to sing and to praise. And so I tell you my brother, my sister whenever you're going through difficult things in life sing a song sing a song even before you see any any glimpse of hope but sing a song because the lord is faithful and the lord will answer and you have to sing a song whether or not you see a way out as the people of israel were here They had had the word of the Lord. The prophet said, you have no reason to fear. Go out because this is the Lord's battle. But the day rises, the day dawns, the next day the sun rises and they are going out for battle. And it is when, that's what the Bible says, when they begin to sing and to praise that the Lord manifested His power. So I challenge you today to trust this. I challenge you today to believe this promise. Keep a song in the back of your mind. Whenever temptation comes, whenever trials come, whenever difficulties come, sing a song. Go back to the the archives of your mind and bring back those songs, those songs of encouragement, those spiritual songs that will cheer you up, that will cheer you all the way as we await for the deliverance that comes from the Lord. I know I am a biased, you may think I'm biased to say this because I'm a musician and music is, is in my blood. But I tell you this is the Bible promise. That when you sing, that when you lift up praises to the Lord, he will He will intervene. There is another experience in the Bible and this one you may be a little more well acquainted with. And this is found in the book of Acts. Chapter 16. I can tell you that the Lord is is willing to help you. I can tell you that the Lord is powerful. I can tell you that the Lord will manifest His power when you sing praises to Him. And what may be looking as if it is a, a breaking point and everything is going to crumble down you may be sure that the Lord will intervene. Yes. And so this Wednesday, we had prayer meeting here, and I'm going back to Act 16 shortly. But this Wednesday, we had prayer meeting here at the church, as I said, and there was a lot of music, and we, uh, by the time I left church, I was all uh, inspired. And I'm sure that those who were able to stay through the end probably left church even more inspired than I was. And then I went home, and then on Thursday... Uh, I did what I had to do during the day and at the end of the uh, end of afternoon, I said now it's, it's time for me to take care of some business at home. And so I am cutting the grass, right? As we all have to do. Whether you have a big lot or a, or a small lot, you have to cut the grass at some point. And so I'm doing that. And in 12 years in Canada, in 12 years of cutting the grass, uh, I've never done something I decided to do and I don't have a reason for that. Uh, the one reason I had was that there was a lot of dandelions there. And so I was at the back of the lot and I said, okay, I'm going to to lift up this flap here at the back of the lawnmower. Uh, because with the engine running, it kind of blows anything that is inside the lawnmower, right? And so I lift up the flap and, and sure enough, uh, it vented out and it's blowing all those uh, dandelion seeds there at the back of the uh, at the lot. And I decided to clean the, the, the borders, the edge of that vent. And for some reason, uh, my hands slipped and went inside the lawnmower. And uh, a couple weeks ago, I mean for the last three weeks, I've been thinking of uh, sharpening the blades because I know they're dull. I didn't sharpen them last year. And I said, okay, it's time to sharpen them. And, but I didn't do that. I haven't done that. And the blades are still dull. And, uh, and my hand went in. And I was handing, uh, holding the lever with the left hand and cleaning with the right one. And so when my hand went inside and the blades hit my, my fingers, I didn't quite realize what was happening. And uh, I realized, I I heard the bang, and I said, something happened. And then, uh, not even instinctively, I released the the lever, but I pulled my hand. And it was only when I saw blood running that I said, something serious happened here. And I can tell you, I'm telling you this story to say that, uh, first of all, never do that, right? (laughs) But second, uh, I could have lost at least two fingers in that. I could have lost even at least the fingertips. But I didn't. God intervened. I praise the Lord for this deliverance. Because, uh, I mean, they grazed my fingers. And uh, one of the... I may, I may, I'm not saying I will. I may lose uh, the nail on my middle finger here. But but everything is alright. Apart from the trauma... And I was was concerned at the moment because uh, they went numb instantly and they were getting black. And uh, we rushed to the hospital and I'm I'm thinking, Lord, thank you for... Because I can see my fingers are still here, but I need them to play the piano. I need them to serve you. And uh, yes, praise the Lord for that. And uh, eventually, uh, slowly, gradually, but surely... Uh, The numbness started to to fade. And I could see some color coming back to my fingers. And so I just want to thank the Lord. Because it it did appear as it was going to be a breaking point. Something that would dramatically change my reality. But praise the Lord because His angels were there. And somehow my fingers were protected. And I'm telling this because I want to testify... Of the goodness of the Lord. I want to testify that the Lord is real. And that I'm going to continue to use these three fingers. These three. This was minimally heard. I'm going to continue to use these two fingers to serve the Lord. And to play music that will uh, lift up His name and glorify His name. But in the moment of uh, truth. when, When things happen. When it seems that it's going to be tragically bad. The Lord is willing to intervene and to change things in a way that surprises you. And that's what also happened here. It happened with the people of Israel. It happened with me this week. It happened with you, I'm sure, in different ways. And it happened here with Paul and Silas as they were there in prison. And this is, is the story that happens here in Acts chapter 16. Acts chapter 16. And Paul and Silas, they were in Philippi of Macedonia. And there in Philippi, they were preaching the gospel. They were being well-received by some. They were being rejected by some others. Of course, the authorities and the uh, the religious leaders, they were never too happy with those apostles. But they were continuing to do their work. And a woman called, uh, named Lydia... Who lived in a nearby city, she accepted the Lord and she came and she she was baptized, her and her household, and she served as a testimony, as a witness to people who lived there in the area. And the Bible says that there was a young lady that was following Paul and Silas wherever wherever they went. And this lady she had a, a spirit of divination that was actually exploited by, by her owners. And they would send her out and say, okay, you exercise your spirit, your divination, moved by this evil spirit. And we'll make money with that. We'll give you some money out of what you can make. And she was doing that. And she was following Paul and Silas. And Paul and Silas were preaching the gospel. And this woman would come after them and say, these men are the servants of the God Almighty. And they are proclaiming the gospel. They are teaching you the truth. Oh, everything she said was true. Right? But truth coming out of a mouth that also speaks lies is, is demeaning to the truth. And so Paul could no longer stand that, and he turned to, sh- to her and rebuked the evil spirit and sent her away. So she stopped doing the, the deliverance that God provided was so powerful that she could not no longer follow Paul in silence, but she could no longer exercise her divination powers. And those men who used to, to employ her, to exploit her gift, were enraged. And moved by that because they would there would be a financial loss. They tried, they came up with a scheme that eventually threw Paul and Silas into prison. And there they are. There they are in prison. There is a jailer taking care of the prisoners. They're all locked up. They're all chained. And the jailer is there. But the Bible says that at the very moment when, when they were going to cross that breaking point. Because in the morning no one knows what could happen to Paul and Silas. The Bible says here in verse 25. Acts 16 verses 25 and 26. That at midnight, at midnight right at the, the breaking point. At midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And the prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly, something happened. I remember when we were living in Quebec City. Before we came to Ontario. And every Wednesday, because we lived kind of far from the church. We lived some 30 kilometers from uh, away from the only church that there was at the time there in Quebec City, uh, we decided, and there were many members who lived in our area, we decided to have this a prayer meeting or a small group in our home every Wednesday. And every Wednesday, uh, some church members would come, and they would bring some refreshments to be shared after the meeting. And one of the things we really enjoyed to do was particularly in the spring and summertime and even going into the fall was to open up the doors, open up the windows, open up the balcony door. We lived in an apartment at the time. And while we were singing with our brothers and sisters, everybody on the street could hear that. And in fact, sometimes we'd go out to the balcony and look down and and the neighbors would be walking and and uh, smiling at us, kind of enjoying the sound of the music. And uh, when you are willing to testify, when you're willing to, to exercise your gifts and share and sing and praise, the Lord will do His part. The Lord will impress the hearts of people. I was called one day to the uh, building administration office and the lady who was the manager, she said, I need to talk to you, sir. And I said, okay. And she called me into a, a, a more private room and I said, well, this doesn't look good. But she said, uh, some neighbors have said that uh, on, on a given Wednesday, on a given day of the week, there is a meeting at your home and people bring food. And so we want to know exactly what is that. And I said, oh, there is nothing secret about that. In fact, if you want to join us any Wednesday, you can come. And you can sing with us and you can spend time with us. And she said, okay, because some were concerned that maybe this was a a more secretive thing. And I said, no, no, no. We just come there and we share uh, from the Bible and we sing praises to God. And anyone, any neighbor and even you is welcome to come. And so all we have to do, all we can do is to do our part. But we cannot uh, stop doing our part. And we can sing and we can praise. And then the Lord will intervene. And here we go back to the story of Paul and Silas. That at midnight they were praying and they were singing hymns to the Lord. And the prisoners were all listening to them. And Suddenly there was a great earthquake. So that the foundations of the prison were shaken. And immediately all the doors were opened. And everyone's chains were loosed. You know the story the jailer was so perplexed. That he thought oh they have all fled now. And I'm going to kill myself. He, was, he, he uh, unwielded his sword. And then Paul said don't do that to yourself. We are all in here. But all those events. All of that led up to the baptism of that jailer. And his family and his household. And so the Lord was taking care of his servants. The Lord was looking over Paul and Silas. But the Bible says that. As they were praying and doing what? Singing hymns to God. Amen. Suddenly, there was a great earthquake and the doors were open. And so, my brother and sister, it doesn't matter what you're going through. It may look like a, 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 sim, a simple uh, uh, tremor uh, in your life, or it may look like a terrible earthquake whatever level of difficulty you may be going through. Pray, sing a song, sing hymns to the Lord, because He will intervene. He will manifest His power mightily. And He will send an earthquake if need be. He will shake the foundations of everything around you, because He cares for you. I want to challenge you today to take this to heart. And to believe this promise. This was not something that God did only exclusively. In that one incident with the people of Israel. Or on that one incident here with Paul and Silas. The same God who delivered them is powerful enough to deliver you and me today. Let me encourage you to praise and sing in your time of trouble. Let me encourage you to praise the Lord and to sing hymns. For the victories that he is going to give to you. He may not have given you right now. What you've been asking for. But praise the Lord. Because he is going to do that. You may have heard this story many times. Or at least once in your life. I remember hearing this story. When I was a young child. The story of the 40 Martyrs of Sebasti. This was back in the year 320 of our era. And these 40 soldiers, they were soldiers of the Roman Empire, but they were all Christians. They had all accepted Jesus as the Savior, even though they were still in service for the Roman army. They were all members of the famed 12th Legion of Rome's Imperial Army. And one day. Their captain told the emperor, uh, the the, the captain told them that Emperor Licinius had sent out an edict that all soldiers were to offer sacrifice to pagan gods and to acknowledge the king as the the emperor as a deity as well. All those 40 uh, Christian soldiers replied, Sir, you can have our armor. You can even have our bodies, but our heart's allegiance belongs to Jesus Christ and to him alone. It was in the winter, in the winter of A.D. 320. And the captain had them march onto a nearby frozen lake. He had them strip off their own clothes. And he said that they would die if they would not renounce Christ. Either you renounce Christ now. This is your last opportunity. Or you're going to die here. Out in the cold. And so the captain and the other soldiers. They set up a fire. And they were staying there around the fire. While the 40 men were out there naked. In the cold. And once again they said. If you renounce Christ. If you choose to offer sacrifices to the to our gods then your lives will be spared but they refused to do that throughout the night those 40 men huddled and tried to get themselves a little bit warmer and they sang songs and they were singing songs and they were singing 40 martyrs for Christ 40 martyrs for Christ but unfortunately one by one the temperature took its toll and they fell to the ice at last there was one man left standing one of the 40 soldiers he looked and he saw 39 of them already falling to the ice and he decided to to renounce his faith he lost courage He stumbled to the shore and he asked, please, he asked, please, please spare my life. I renounce Christ. And the song that they've been singing for all night, saying 40 martyrs for Christ, 40 martyrs for Christ. Now it was incomplete. There were only 39 of them. But the officer who was guarding them, the officer of the guards for that night was watching. No one knew, but in his heart, the Holy Spirit had already been working in, uh, recently that he was considering accepting Christ as his own Savior. And as he saw the faith of those 39 who even though were, uh, were seeing death right before them, they would not renounce Christ. At that point, he decided to stand up and to confess that he, was, he also was a Christian. And so he stripped off his garments and he went and joined the other 39. So that the song that they were singing all night, 40 martyrs for Christ, 40 martyrs for Christ, was too true because he became the 40th one joining them. In the morning, there are versions of the story that tell that all 40 men were were, were dead others say that there was still some life in them and that they were eventually burned to death but i tell you brothers and sisters what looked like a breaking point because those men had been condemned and in fact they went all the way down to their death but what looked as a breaking point that we are now eliminating 40 christian soldiers turned out to be a turning point promoting the salvation of that one officer who committed his life to christ and things turned out to him it was the turning point of his life even though a few hours later he would face death himself but with the promise of eternal life and so my friends it may look as if everything is going to break but god is willing to intervene And to turn things out, turn things around in a way that will be for His glory and for your salvation. And I could end the sermon here. I could end this message here. And uh, I think a good lesson we would have learned. That whatever we may be going through, even when it seems that we are going to break down. We can sing a song. We ought to praise the Lord. And he will intervene. But I don't want this message to give you the impression. That the Christian life is all about breaking points and turning points. I don't want you to leave this place here today thinking that the Christian life is all about these major things. That if you are not going to be exposed to the cold of the winter. If you do not renounce your faith. That's not really a true Christian experience. I don't want you to leave here today thinking of that. Because when we relate dramatic turning point stories like those, we may have the impression that whenever God acts, He does so with the impact of lightning and thunder all the time. But most people's experience with God... When, if, if, if you were to leave today with that impression, then maybe your day-to-day life experiences, because you may have not experienced that like those soldiers, you may not have experienced, may have not experienced something like Paul and Silas did, or like the people of Israel there under the leadership of Jehoshaphat, then you may look at yourself and think, "Oh, my life is so, uh, my experience- my experiences are so uh, trivial, so mundane." There is no glamour in my spiritual life. And I don't want you to leave here today thinking that. Don't expect the Christian life to consist only. Of a series of spiritual turning points. Because the true skill in life. The true skill in your spiritual life. Lies in faithfully handling the ordinary of life. How you deal with the ordinary in your life will prepare you to maybe occasional turning points that may come. And so I want you to go back with me to 2 Chronicles chapter 20. Because that's where we started. That's where we are going to finish. And I want to call your attention to a couple points here. 2 Chronicles chapter 20. And uh, I ask you to bear with me. But we are going to read from the top of the chapter Uh, It may look as a lengthy reading, but it is not. It is a very interesting account. And this is the word of the Lord. So uh, let's go back to 2 Chronicles chapter 20. Beginning now in verse 1. Are we all there? Praise the Lord. It happened after this that the people of Moab and the people of Ammon and others with them besides the Ammonites came to battle against Jehoshaphat then some came and told Jehoshaphat the king saying a great multitude is coming against you from beyond the sea from Syria and they are in Hazazan Tamar which is En Gedi and Jehoshaphat Feared and set himself to seek the Lord and proclaimed a fast throughout all Judah. So Judah gathered together to ask help from the Lord and from all the cities of Judah they came to seek the Lord. Then Jehoshaphat stood in the assembly of Judah and Jerusalem in the house of the Lord before the new court and said, O Lord God of our fathers, are you not God in heaven, and do you not rule over all the kingdoms of the nations? And in your hand is there not power and might, so that no one is able to withstand you? Are you not our God who drove out the inhabitants of this land before your people Israel, and gave it to the descendants of Abraham, your friend, forever? They dwell in it and have built you a sanctuary in it for your name, saying, if disaster comes upon us, sword, judgment, pestilence, or famine, we will stand before this temple and in your presence, for your name is in this temple, and cry out to you in our affliction, and you will hear and save. And now, here here are the people of Ammon. Moab and Mount Seir whom you would not let Israel invade when they came out of the land of Egypt but they turned from them and did not destroy them now here they are rewarding us by coming to throw us out of your possession which you have given us to inherit oh our God will you not judge them For we have no power against this great multitude that is coming against us. Nor do we know what to do, but our eyes are upon you. Now all Judah, with their little ones, their wives and their children, stood before the Lord. Then the Spirit of the Lord came upon Jehaziel, the son of Zechariah, the son of Benaiah, the son of Jael the son of Mattaniah, a Levite of the sons of Asaph, in the midst of the assembly. And he said, Listen, all of you Judah, and you inhabitants of Jerusalem, and you King Jehoshaphat. Thus says the Lord to you, Do not be afraid, nor dismayed, because of this great multitude. For the battle is not yours, but whom? God's. Verse 16. Tomorrow go down against them. They will surely come up by the ascent of Ziz. And you will find them at the end of the brook. Before the wilderness of Jerwal. You will not need to fight in this battle. Position yourselves. Stand still. And see the salvation of the Lord who is with you. O Judah and Jerusalem. Do not fear or be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them. For the Lord is with you. And Jehoshaphat bowed his head with his face to the ground. And all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem bowed before the Lord, worshipping the Lord. Then the Levites of the children of the Kohathites and of the children of the Korahites stood up to praise the lord god of israel with voices loud and high and i'm going to stop here for now i don't know if you ever can thought or maybe you you have uh, learned this and i don't know if you still remember this but the meaning of the name judah the meaning of the name judah you can you can note it down if you want and you can look it up after but Genesis 29:35 Genesis 29:35 tells us that the meaning of the name Judah is praise praise and so we might even say when the bible calls Jesus the lion of the tribe of Judah it is like he's the lion of the tribe of the praisers of the worshipers the lion of the tribe of praise and so here is Judah here is the tribe of praise. praising in the Lord. And the Levites come. And they stand up in verse 19. To praise the Lord God of Israel. With voices loud and high. Now the only thing they have so far. Is the word of the Lord. Through this prophet. That says tomorrow the battle is not yours. You don't even have to fight. You just stand still. And the Lord will fight for you. That's the only promise they have. But they are already standing up and praising the Lord for the deliverance that He will give. And then verses 20, 21 and 22 say, So those, so they rose early in the morning and went out into the wilderness of Tekoa. And as they went out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, O Judah, and you inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God and you shall be established. Believe his prophets and you shall prosper. It is almost as Jehoshaphat is saying. Don't you ever try to take it in your own hands. You have the word of the Lord. Believe him and believe his prophets. Just stand still and the Lord will fight the battle for you. Don't even try to take up a spear or a sword or trying to resolve that on your own that's a message we have for us today as well sometimes we try to resolve things we try to give god some help when we we are just uh making things worse because the lord has already the deliverance prepared in his own and then verse 21 says that when he had consulted the king had consulted with the people he appointed those who should sing to the lord and who should praise the beauty of holiness as they went out before the army and were saying praise the lord for his mercy endures forever and again here they are they have no clear sign that the deliverance will come but they are already going around and praising the lord for his mercy endures forever but when they began to sing verse 22 in praise the lord sat in bushes against the people of amon Moab and Mount Seir who had come against Judah and they were defeated. And if you were to read the, the rest of the chapter or the following verses, you see that in fact, they just had to stand still because the enemy, the enemy peoples, they destroyed one another. Amen. And so my brothers and sisters, what I want to highlight for you here this morning is that Our life is not just a sequence of turning points. Of dramatic events. When we finally decide to to commit to the Lord. We need to live a life that is a daily experience with Him. Because if you go back to verse 17. Verse 17 the Bible says. You will not need to fight in this battle. Just position yourselves and believe the Lord. And do not fear or be dismayed. Tomorrow you go there because the Lord is with you. And so this is a constant thing in our minds. This is a constant belief. We believe that the Lord is with us and we are with him. And then in verse 18, what Jehoshaphat does is to bow down and to pray to the Lord. So prayer is not only something you you go to because there are problems. Prayer is something that you resort to because you have no way out anymore. Prayer is something you go to. Because you are used to doing that. And you trust the Lord always. And finally. In verse 19. The Bible says that they were praising the Lord. With voices loud and high. Sometimes I guess I, I bother my children. When we are practicing at home. And I tell them. You need to sing loud. You need to, to sing with with." Impetus With meaning. It has to come from inside. But it's not only to them that I say this. I say this to everybody. You know sing out. Cry out to the Lord. And do that. Even before you can see any clear sign. That the Lord will deliver you. Because this must be. How we live. This must be. How we exercise our Christian life. And so we are used to singing praises to the Lord. We are used to praising Him. And as we do that in our day-to-day experience, as we deal with the ordinary things in life, by putting spiritual meaning to them, by singing and praising and trusting the Lord, we will then be prepared for the turning points, for the dramatic events that may happen in our lives. But it has to be a continuous experience with the Lord. This is my prayer for you. This is my prayer for me. That we may have this in mind. And exercise this daily walk with the Lord. And whenever problems come. Because you're used to singing to the Lord. Those songs will come back to mind. And you'll be able to sing a song to the Lord. And when you are singing and praising the Lord. The Lord will manifest His power in a mighty way. God bless you all.